What? Oh, oh. Shout. One second, please. Hello, this is Designated Driver, where we explore the work and mystique of Adam Driver. I'm Malia. And I'm Liz. And today, we're going to talk about the man who killed Don Quixote. Any Adam Driver news off the top? I don't think any new news. It's Oscar weekend, and he seems to have no part in it. I think I he's probably fine with that. I bet yeah. he won't. Yeah. Well, me, no. He's probably in Italy or Europe going to a cool museum or something like that. I like that for him. Yeah, me too. He seems not into the BS of award shows. Agree. But you just sent me a couple links about this movie, about Terry Gilliam saying that this movie would have never been made without Adam Driver because he tried to make it for like 26 years yeah. or 30 years, kind of like a silent situation where Martin Scorsese tried to make it since the early 90s and things kept getting in the way and mm-hmm. bring Adam Driver in and it's just going to get done. It's the force of his will, I think, and he's just really like a solid guy. Johnny Depp was going to be in the role, but he's so unhinged that he couldn't hold anything, ink or anything like that. Yes, and I think when he met with Adam Driver, he was like a hot actor, and so he was able to secure the financing he needed. But yeah, it seems like there were a million different acts of God that got in the way and financing issues and all kinds of stuff. So Should we try to do a recap of it? Yeah, it's hard. (laughs) It's going to be hard because this movie is all over the place. It's about a guy who is like a director of ads, of Mm -hmm. commercials. They're in Spain. Mm-hmm. And that guy at one time had been a college student making a student film nearby. And he realizes that and finds the guy who played Don Quixote in his student film. And then somehow they're like transported in, into like a fantasy world, kind of a fantasy realm sort of. Or maybe Adam Driver's character Toby is um, psychotic or something. So there's all the stuff about Don Quixote. He wears armor and a sword and he rides a horse and he has his friend Sancho. So that's who Adam Driver becomes and he rides a donkey and the whole thing is like a big hallucination and he's in love with this girl who was the girl in his student film and he's trying to save her life against a horrible Russian oligarch. Mm -hmm. There's a giant fire, like a huge pile of chairs and drawers that's like two stories high that gets set on fire. And I don't know, how does it wrap up? There's a lot going on. And I think there's a lot of metaphorical stuff in there, too. Like a lot of the reviews were also about how it's kind of a a meditation on the way that directors can change narratives and can also change themselves as auteurs. And the people who are in their movies are affected by that experience. Yeah. One of the reviews I read said that both Toby, played by Adam Driver, and then Jonathan Price's Don Quixote are kind of stand-ins for facets of Terry Gilliam's personality, in that you have to believe in what you're doing and you have to believe the fantasy of it, even if it's not feasible like Don Quixote, but then you also have to be aware of the way that your work affects other people like Toby, and you have to be kind of selfish like Toby, but Toby evolves a lot in the movie. And I guess it ends with Toby becoming psychotic or Toby completely embracing his vision, depending on the way that you look at it. 
I can't remember how it ended exactly. He becomes Don Quixote. Toby does? And he oh, makes the he, young he kills woman his Sancho. And they oh, like, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And he does another funny accent, which, eh. I'm going to lay my cards on the table here and just say that I am not buying what Terry Gilliam is selling. Interesting. What do you think? What was your response to this movie? Well, Joel and I were looking for something to watch the other day, and he started playing it, and I was like, stop, I've seen it already. So I know I don't need to see it again. And I wouldn't say I especially enjoyed watching it, but then when I read some reviews and I read about the process, I thought it's an interesting product. I felt like everybody in the movie was really committed to it, and I liked that. I thought there were some funny parts, but as a movie, I I don't know. There were some funny parts, like when Adam Driver does his funny song and dance on a riverbank. I wrote that. I had to take notes because it's long and confusing, mm-hmm. and I wrote that down as one of my notes. I thought it was a total mess. I'm just not into what is in Terry Gilliam's head, I don't think. We watched Time Bandits not too long ago. Have you seen that? No. I mean, it's kind of similar. There's like people and they go through dimensions and then there's knights on horseback. I don't know. It's goofy and weird. And some people seem to really like it. It's fine that it exists, I guess. But Terry Gilliam had such a hard time making it. I think he just didn't take the hint that this movie shouldn't be made. Like the script wasn't good enough. And he interpreted it all as like... The producers won't give him the money he needs, and there's always someone else to blame. And I'm like, it's just not a good movie. It's not a good idea. There's not a script that's good. It doesn't hold together. It's like a silence. A director at that level, you can't say no to them. They don't understand that their idea is bad, and they shouldn't do it. And so they just keep trying, and just they feel persecuted. They need a challenge like this. To me, it's a waste of money. Hmm. The reviews aren't that bad of it but it was a huge financial flop mm-hmm. i think like 40 million spent on it and it made like 2 million or something i don't even think terry gilliam really thought it was good by the end he's like it's finished and here it is and it exists and it was hard to make there's a whole documentary about how it was cursed when they tried to start making it And all these things happen, like floods and... Helicopters messing up the sound. Yeah, and maybe if it would have been made at that first go, with that first burst of energy, it would have not been so convoluted and not had 20 years of baggage. You can't see it anymore. You can't see if it's good. And it was a real stinker for me. I didn't feel that way. Hmm. You could just go along, ride along with it and not be enraged. Like I said, I never need to see it again. And I totally agree with you. There were way too many like shambling flourishes that didn't need to be in there. And I got confused a lot because the narrative was so all over the place. But I also felt that it was kind of meta, like the Toby character played by Adam Driver. He's trying to make a commercial at the beginning. And then he kind of goes down this path where he's revisiting this film he made in college about Don Quixote, where he meets all these characters that then kind of circle back into his life as he's making this. And the whole time, as the selfish director at the beginning, he's like, my vision's not working. It's not working. My idea's not working. So in a way, 
Terry Gilliam kind of covers his butt because it doesn't even matter if it doesn't work because really he's just telling the story of what the director's journey is. And that's pretty self-indulgent. But I thought there were some cute moments along the way that I enjoyed. I enjoyed the character of Don Quixote and the way that he was talking about chivalry and what that meant. And I enjoyed it was beautiful. There are so many beautiful, fantastic landscapes. I didn't think it was a stinker. I also was thinking about how there's all these funny, weird sort of scale things that really reminded me of Monty Python in a good way. Like at the beginning, there are these giants and they keep coming back. And just the way that he plays with scale and fantasy, I thought was kind of fun in a Monty Python way. I found it entertaining and it didn't bother me, but I never need to see it again. What's your background with Monty Python? Have you like seen it all? Were you a fan? Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't like nerds who quote like entire scenes of Monty Python and do the skit. Like that makes me want to kill myself and kill them. You know, I also, I don't know, in England, they show Monty Python and the Meaning of Life. Like, it's on TV at least once a year. I've seen most of the movies just because it's part of my life. You know, everyone likes Michael Palin. I like Michael Palin. I can't not be aware of it. I saw some of it in high school and a little bit in college. And I even sort of briefly dated someone in college who was a super fan of it. Like the kind of guy you're talking about, probably. I dislike those people. I never really saw much since then. It's just not incorporated into my brain that deeply. And it's sort of like nonsense to me. Mm -hmm. This, the sort of vibe or whatever, or the style and the humor. And I'm glad I didn't see this early on as an Adam Driver movie because I didn't like his character at all at any point really we'll say more about except that. for the except for the part on the riverbank that little song and dance mm-hmm. well obviously the ad guy i could not stand him he was obnoxious and arrogant and everyone kept calling him a genius all the time and it was just insufferable he was Pretty cute when they did the flashbacks as the student Mm -hmm. in college making his student film. But he was still kind of a jerk that irritated me a little. Like he was still kind of gross, kind of pretentious. And then the whole when it veered off into La La Land, I don't know. There was a lot of physical comedy too, like him flying off a horse then like landing on the floor and stuff like that that I thought was really goofy. It was super sexist. I mean, like mm-hmm. Beck Delta's negative score on that. I mean, totally. It was just, I mean, the women were just, you know, sexual objects and I found that really gross. There was definitely some racist stuff in it. I don't like pants with no socks and like loafers, the bare ankle. I don't know. I just didn't, I didn't like it. I only liked the flannel shirt and his look as a college student. Mm-hmm. But I thought he was gross towards the 15-year-old girl <clears throat> yep. that he had in the movie who was sort of his muse. He picked her out. She was 15. She had braces. I mean, this, that was like really gross. And then later on she reappears, but she's grown up. She tried to pursue her dream of being an actor but mainly ended up as like sport, a sex worker, a sex worker. And then now she's sort of in a another sex worker role as the girlfriend of this 
horrible Russian oligarch that makes her eat food off of his shoe. So Toby, he tries to save her. And she's like, no, I'm happy. I'm fine with it. And then he like throws money at her because he's like calling her a whore. I think they said whore a lot. I think in they it did. Too, so it was rough. I thought it was rough mm-hmm. for me. Okay. Tell me about what do you think of Adam Driver's well, character and performance? I think we have to fill in the plot a little bit more. Okay, do it. So you referred to a lot of different points in the Toby character's evolution. He starts out as the selfish director. He's trying to make this commercial, Don Quixote themed. And then that sort of racist piece, the first time it comes up is they have this guy who's kind of an extra who may or may not be a, they keep calling him a gypsy, which you're not really supposed Mm -hmm. to do anymore. But he's like magic. And so he comes to this dinner and he's selling these cheap DVDs. And the Toby character finds this student movie he made. And it kind of takes him back in time and he sees this college movie he made where he discovers this shoemaker who makes a great Don Quixote and then this 15-year-old girl who's a server at her dad's bar and she becomes kind of the love interest role and for Don Quixote and so they make this amateur movie so they keep flashing back to this time when he's young and cute and he's got this movie happening and clearly like everybody in the town really buys into it and they all play roles as extras and stuff like that and then they kind of flash forward again and he and the Toby character just the whole premise of this commercial he's making isn't working and his boss's wife is like a weird sex addict who's throwing herself at him and it's problematic so he tries to escape for a day and he finds the town where he filmed this movie as a college student so it kind of takes him back in time he happens upon the shoemaker who is now has gone mad and thinks he is Don Quixote and then there's a fire he gets arrested by Spanish police and in an attempt to escape he finds himself reconnecting with this Don Quixote character who's nutty and now thinks that he's his faithful sidekick Sancho so then he doesn't really have a choice so even though he's frustrated and mad and needs to get back to his set he ends up following Don Quixote on all these adventures and it becomes more and more fantastical as he goes but then he finds this girl who's now an adult and a sex worker in this like beautiful grove And then they encounter these other people who are pretending to be Don Quixote who are also from the town. And it's like this weird, magical thing. And then it all comes to a head when they end up at this oligarch's castle, which he's bought just for fun because he doesn't have anything else to do. And it turns out he's financing the commercial. And all these things happen. And they're really cruel to this mad shoemaker, Don Quixote. They try to rescue him. They try to rescue the girl. And eventually everything kind of goes up in flames, like literally and metaphorically. And it ends with Toby now convinced that he's Don Quixote. I think the other Don Quixote dies. Toby pushes him out over a balcony because he thinks he's a bad guy. Yeah, so he kills that one and then he becomes him. And then the girl is his Sancho. And he's like tilting at windmills, totally nuts. And then there's a part with some giants. And there's a part with some giants. So He's lost his mind, I guess? I think he's lost his mind, yeah. When I was watching it, I agree with you. It's good that it wasn't our first one. 
But when I was watching it, I kind of felt like we were seeing all of the Adam drivers who we've encountered, you know? Mm -hmm. There's the selfish, jerky Adam driver, like the one in the movie with Ben Stiller, you and me and everyone else we know. Is that what? No. What's the name of that one? While We're Young? While We're Young. Yes. So I feel like we saw the selfish, self-interested one from mm -hmm. While We're Young. Right, right. A filmmaker. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then I felt like we saw a lot of the last duel Adam Driver, too. You know, the sort of courtly but suspect one, in, especially in the scenes in the castle mm -hmm. and the sort of Don Quixote scenes. And then I even felt like we saw the earnest Adam Driver from, like, Patterson when he's trying to rescue the girl. And then college Adam Driver reminded me of the tracks Adam Driver. Yeah. So I liked <laughs> all of those things. And, and we got to see all the other things that he does well, too, like actory Adam Driver, who does song and dance, like yeah. he does an Eddie Cantor song and dance scene. And he even there's a scene when he's in the chateau where it looks like he's about to start doing flamenco dancing with the woman. And I always love to see him dancing and singing, you know, and I guess that's a little bit of Annette Adam Driver. Mm -hmm. So for oh me, goodness. it was like a really what a vehicle. Great, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I felt like it was true to what his path is as an actor, like for better or worse, he always follows the director's vision and he wants to stretch himself with different directors. I feel like this is a perfect for better or for worse example of that, because I agree. I didn't love Terry Gilliam, but I enjoyed watching him flex his muscles. And it might just be two because we've watched two movies where he's in it for like five seconds. He did ride an animal. It was a donkey. I don't even know if he rode a horse. I think in he does end. at the end. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, we had kind of different takes on it. I even it's found like... when I was looking up Don Quixote, remember when he spins around and kisses the horse in the last duel? And yeah. Like that so much? Yeah. He does a spin like that at the beginning when he's with the boss's wife and the boss comes and he's got to get out of there when he's getting dressed and grabbing off his stuff, he does this dramatic spin. Did Don Quixote kiss a horse at one point? Maybe. Did I make that up? It's possible. I guess it's not really out of the realm of Adam Driver world. I still don't recommend it, but... I think if we were nerds the... and we talked about canon, it's a big part of his canon. It's like the moment where Adam Driver becomes... Adam Driver actor instead of Adam Driver, like quirky, quirky, independent actor. He probably had a lot of fun making it. It looked like mm -hmm. it was fun. It was extravagant. Terry Gilliam was complaining about his budget all the time. And it was totally financed it's European by Europeans because all of his financing kept falling through. It was 60 million euros, I think. And he said that was only half of what they needed. I often enjoy things more when they're a lot more pared down. Like Gaby, where the script is really good, all the characters are really good and really likable, but they didn't spend one million dollars on that one a scene. giant hand, yeah, and a giant rocking horse, real theatery type stuff that to me seems like it has no point. It doesn't like advance the story and it doesn't help the narrative. If I don't have that, it's too much. I don't like to see it. I can see that. So I think what you're saying is you found it self-indulgent. I definitely found it self-indulgent. Yeah. And it was a big chore to watch. Really? And, yeah. And to finish. I just felt like it was work. I watched it in a few different segments. 
Interesting. And I just had to keep getting through it. I really didn't want to be watching it. Usually, I mean, just watching a movie or something, it's it's not work, even if it's bad or if it's not the best. I'm like, oh, this is a drag or whatever, but I can sit here in a chair and watch it. I mean, that's just a passive thing to do. But this one was hard work for me. You know, like silence was hard work. I was going to say... There's even silence, Adam Driver, in this because it's a noble but misguided quest that yeah, he's going true. on. I liked silence better than this. Oh, I didn't. <laughs> I thought it was more beautiful and more about something, I guess, even though I wasn't very interested in what it was about. I think I just really hate Andrew Garfield. I think what I learned from silence is I, have, I hate him. He's uh, in the news lately. He's I know. In something He's in new. Tick, Tick, Boom. He's in a movie that has a bunch of Oscar nominations, and I just could not care less. Who directed Tick, Tick, Boom? Who cares? I just read something about it, and I was surprised. I mean, is it related to Adam Driver at all? No, it's no. a biopic. It has nothing to do with Adam Driver. It just oh, annoys me when I see him. it's related to Lin-Manuel Miranda. Oh. He can't go to the Oscars because his wife tested positive for COVID. Oh, He's nominated for a song in Encanto, and if he wins, he'll have an EGOT. I think he's also involved in Tick, Tick, Boom. Did he write We Don't Talk About Bruno? Yes. Do you love it? Do you know it? Oh, I know it. (laughs) All kids know it and love it, and so do I. But do you know Surface Pressure? Mm -hmm. I've seen Encanto. Oh, okay. I love Surface Pressure. I've burned the kids out on listening to the soundtrack. Oh. I'm like... How about a little Encanto soundtrack this morning? And now they've started saying no because they don't want to get the song stuck in their head. I'm nuts for it. I like it. My little niece, Ina, really likes it. And I watched it with her mm-hmm. when we were in Florida. And so I like that. It's not my all-time favorite. It doesn't make me cry. It makes my sister cry every time, but not me. The movie? Yeah. I like the movie. I enjoyed it, but I'm really into the soundtrack. Oh, maybe we should just listen to the soundtrack then. It's like there's five songs from the movie and then incidental stuff. It's not very long. Hmm. There's just, you know, a handful of songs. It's really good. I love it so much. I digress. That's okay. I thought we were going to have more to say about this. Yeah, Andrew Garfield. I read a little article. It seems like he's not on social media. I respect that. I can't believe that because he's got that needy, ingratiating quality of people who are on social media constantly. (laughs) Yeah, I thought we'd have more to say about it too, but maybe it's because a week went by. We watched it last weekend, Mm -hmm. and it was beautiful day. That yeah. we were having. So we couldn't record last week because it was a day that you had to be outside. Yeah, I had to sit basement. on the porch and read the newspaper like all afternoon. Now it's cold again. Now we're in third winter. I think also I personally will say that last night we had a mom's night at my house. And I want to be celebrating the end of the strike so bad. I had an extra glass of wine that I shouldn't have had. And I'm tired now. The Minneapolis teachers have been on strike for three weeks. And so we've been doing our jobs and taking care of our kids. We're feeling time, beaten down. Beaten down and just 
sick with suspense. It's still not finalized. They're going to go back this week, hopefully. Like I wanted us to be celebrating. It's like I wanted us to be like shaking up a bottle of champagne and yelling, you know, woo, but that's not what happened. And so then I just had an extra glass of wine because that's what I wanted so bad. And then I couldn't sleep last night. I had this dream that I was trying to order a sandwich at Subway and the woman who was making the sandwich had broken gloves on her hands and was like breathing all over the food and I was like grossed out by the sandwich that she was making for me. So some kind of contamination. And then I woke up. Yeah. Type of dream. Do you like dreaming? Depends on the dream. I love dreaming. I love waking up and sort of remembering my dreams. I just am constantly amazed that there's this whole world that our brains create when we're asleep. I just don't understand. I do think that in COVID times, my dreams have gotten more vivid, but also more boring. Like I've had Mm -hmm. dreams about Zoom calls that are frustrating. Mm-hmm. And then it's just a frustrating dream. Because our worlds have gotten smaller mm-hmm. because we're so... Or like I had a dream house. about a Subway sandwich. and I mean, it's so boring. I used to have fun dreams. Yeah. You couldn't tell yourself, I think. Just be like, I, I want to have better dreams than this. And I think it makes a difference. Okay, self. You do you do of, that? Yes. I program myself. And if I have mm-hmm. a dream where I limited myself... I tell myself I don't want to be limited in my dreams. I just want to have flying dreams. Yeah, me too. But I haven't had those since I was like in high school. I know. Do you think it's adulthood? Yeah. It kills it out of us? Yeah. Because of like taxes and stuff. Are you doing your taxes right now? They're done now. Yeah, Um, ours too. But I mean, between January 1st and our tax appointment, it weighs on me. It weighs me down. It's sitting there on the list. Now that it's done, I just want to have things on the list that are so easy to accomplish. Little errands, little phone calls, nothing that stresses me out. I I don't don't want to be stressed out anymore. I don't either. I also felt like with the strike after two years of pandemic, I don't want to make this okay anymore. Figure out, oh, it's fine. The kids are going to be fine even if they miss more school. Their kids, they'll learn. You know, we've had to do that for so long. I can't do it anymore. This is just not okay. They're it's not weird. Be okay. They're really weird now. At least my kid is. I think <laughs> they're unsocialized. Did, yeah. Did I tell you? So we got a kick croquet game, which is just all it is is big balls that you kick through hoops. And it was really nice. My coworkers got it because I've been complaining about how I can't get my work done. So on the nice Monday last week, I had the Anderson kids over and Robin and I were going to sit and talk. And the kids were going to play kick croquet. But they stood around like looking at each other for like five minutes. And Adam was like, why aren't you playing with us? And we were like, because we're not playing with you. You're playing with each other. So then we spent about five more minutes getting them to try to play this game, which was the whole point. I brought out some Lincoln Logs. All of them took the Lincoln Logs and everybody sat by themselves doing their own thing. They didn't play with each other. They're completely unsocialized again. Yeah. Desocialized. I was like, what is wrong with you kids? They have to get back to school. The one bright side is this. Both of our lashes look amazing. Yes. I got a lash tint and it was the greatest thing ever. Thanks to Aaliyah's recommendation. So now I wake up and I have black long eyelashes. They still don't curl because I didn't get the lift Mm -hmm. like you did. But I can see yours are curled. But I'm really nervous about what you said about your lashes fall out. 
You just meant they naturally fall out? Yeah. Your lashes just replace themselves periodically. So eventually okay. they'll be all blonde again. It's not a and side then you have to go get them. Of, no. Okay. No. Of the perming them. You just don't notice. But you'll notice now because when it falls out, you have a black lash on your cheek. Okay. Yeah. Then there's a new blonde notice. one in there instead. And that's why you have to get them retented. It depends on how fast your hair. My hair grows really fast. Yeah. So about every month, I have to get my eyelashes redone. The curl lasts a little longer, like five weeks. But you'll see. You'll have. You'll figure out your interval. She also did so much washing of my eye with the saline mm-hmm. solution, and it didn't sting or anything. Nope. And then my eyelids looked really bright <laughs> and clean. I think if I have a special occasion coming up, I should just be cleaning my eyes, my eyelids. This is hmm. getting weird. I haven't noticed that. But I that. also noticed, maybe it was also the contrast with the black eyelashes. Mm-hmm. And it didn't seem to take any years off. It doesn't make you look younger. <laughs> but I don't know if you, I mean, I think, well, we have different eye shapes. I have heavy eyelids and I have noticed, I love my mother, but we both have these kind of heavy eyelids and my eyes are kind of small. And so for me... Having that definition around my eyes, it doesn't make me look younger, but I think it makes my features look more proportional. Bigger. It makes yeah. your eyes look bigger, which does yeah. maybe it does take like one year off. Yeah. And I do think, too, and this is just from lying on the chair and listening to everybody else at Brow Chic, I wonder if I got my eyebrows shaped, if it would make my face look cleaner and my eyes look more open. I want to do that next time, too. Mm-hmm. The thing that holds me back with the lift is probably just the price. Yeah, like and putting to... perm solution next to your eyes. Yeah, I mean, that's a little scary. Let's be real about that. But but the tint, you get the color, and it's cheap. It didn't seem sketchy at all. Mm-hmm. I think this is a great little beauty it life is. hack. I know. Just treat yourself. Treat yourself. You don't have to, like, wear mascara, and you'll feel a little better. And I'm going to add the eyebrows onto it, too. Maybe because I'm such a masker, mm-hmm. and I love the mask. Right. So there's so that, too. you just see the eyes. So right. when you look in the mirror, if you're out and about, you just see your eyes. Right. And then your eyes look a little better. Right. And what if the eyebrows even looked a little better? That is the focal point of our faces now. That's right. For now. I'm just going to say I love the mask because I feel like I can do whatever I want. Mm -hmm. I'm wearing a mask, and I do not worry about it. I wore a new mask last night, a new KN95 mask. It made my ears hurt and was uncomfortable. It's because it wasn't broken in. Mm -hmm. I wore it today at some estate sales and at Target and stuff. Totally fine. So you have to break those in and, Mm -hmm. and like, crumple it up at the bottom of your purse for a while, and then you're going to have a nice, soft KN95 mask that's just blocking all those particles. Mm -hmm. You're like, I'm not going to get COVID or anything else just till this is over, over, over. It's never going to be over, over, over. Yeah. I mean, everyone's got to do what they've got to do. I wear the surgical masks a lot because the KN95 masks make my face sweat. Mm. So I still wear them. But I think I do it more as a courtesy to other people. Mm -hmm. Like I'm protecting them from my breath. It's been weird at work because... Everyone at the Science Museum has a very different idea of what is safe and secure. So what I've been doing there is I take my mask off at my desk, but then when I get on the elevator or walk down the hall, I put my mask on. It's hard to tell, depending on what environment you're in, if your mask is interpreted as a courtesy or if it's enraging. 
They're like, what are you doing? Do you think I'm going to infect you with something? They're personally offended, which I think is behind some of the anti-masking yeah. stuff. 95 masks protect you, but most masks just protect other people. Like, I'm protecting you from me when I wear a mask. I think it's a courtesy. I think yeah. it's polite to wear a mask. A lot of people don't feel that way. So lash talk, mask talk kind of made me feel better. Let's talk about that video that you sent. It was an interview with him and Jonathan Price, who plays the older Don Quixote. And he was wonderful. He was. He was really magical. I agree. Fantastic. A plus. Yes. Agree. Adam Driver, you know, he did what he needed to do. Yes. Acting wise, probably A plus. Yes. Also, Rossi De Palma popped up in it in another like weird racial part. They're like hiding and they think some Moroccan Al-Qaeda operatives are going to come get them and they're being held. I didn't even understand what was going on I thought that was weird and like Islamophobic or something. Yes, totally agree. Yeah, yeah. But Rossi De Palma was in it. Her face looks like a Picasso painting. She's in Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown. She's a veteran Spanish actor and she just has this very distinctive look. She was in it for a second, so I was excited about that. The woman who was the young girl, and then mm-hmm. she's beautiful. Totally she's beautiful. Gorgeous. There were good yeah. people in it. Who was the guy who was like the boss? It was with the wife. Stellan Skarsgård. Oh, yeah. The father yeah, Skarsgård. Yeah. He was familiar. You know, it really like just rubs me the wrong way when there's a guy in it and he's like moderately good at something and then people are constantly telling him how much of a genius he is and stuff. That just doesn't happen for women. It makes me mad. It makes me resentful to see that. The tone was that it was stupid the way and he was self-indulgent and stupid. It must be like a personal psychological issue. Of feeling underappreciated when, like, a man can do way less and then be like, you're a genius, you're a genius, and just encourage so much that they end up putting out movies that, like, should be way better with the amount of talent they have access to and the amount of money they have access to. Mm -hmm. But still, they just think they have to make this one piece of art that is going to be great, and it's not. I guess it was a hard journey for Terry Gilliam, but I don't really feel bad for him. I think he should have gotten the hint sooner what rating would you give this one i think this might be the first time i'm gonna give it more combs than you do i'm giving it three three combs wow i'm gonna give it one comb whoa (laughs) but what about for adam driver Uh, that's what the one comb is for the one (gasps) comb is for adam driver as a college student when he's not being super creepy and borderline sex offendery in the riverbank that's it one comb. So this is the first time. I thought that you were going to just hate it as much or more than I did. I didn't like it. I thought for those of you who are interested in Adam Driver's strong suits as an actor and a versatile actor, you get it all in mm-hmm. this one movie. And there's beautiful scenery and his hair looks good and he looks good. Did you like his hair, the ponytail thing he had on? Would you say I that did. was good? I liked did it. Like... I liked his hair the whole time. There were some really good shots of him, actually, that where he looked really striking. When he was in the police car, I hadn't seen him look like that. And Terry Gilliam. Some angles or something. Yeah. Terry Gilliam even said, like, initially I met with him because he was a hot actor. I'd only and seen hot, him. not even in looks. Yeah. Was just like right. popular. Yeah. And I saw someone who was gawky looking and had a big nose and sticky out of ears. But by the end, he was like the most romantic lead I've ever seen. And I agree. We should note that Terry Gilliam was born right here in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Oh, I didn't know that. That is true. 
Oh. And then he went to school near Medicine Lake. Oh. Medicine Lake is in Plymouth, where Peter grew up. Oh. But he's British. The interview he did, too, that I read, he was talking about how Adam Driver was Midwestern like him. And now I understand what that means, that he liked that about Adam Driver, which we do, too. Peter listened to our last episode, and he thought we were being very hard on Minnesota, and he felt bad. So I'll just say I do love Minneapolis, Minnesota. But I think it's also fine to complain about the really tough winter we've had. And how Minnesota nice is stupid. The passive-aggressive. Yeah. uh, (laughs) <laughs> so I think your Englishness maybe helped you relate to this movie a little more than... Uh, no, not, so. not that. Okay. Let's talk about what's next. I thought we could ask our three listeners, or if you're listening in from Budapest or Sri Lanka today, you could help us figure this out. Because Liz keeps finding movies where Adam Driver is in it for about 30 seconds And I don't think we should have to watch the whole movie. I think we should be able to just fast forward through a whole bunch of them and do like a single mini movie edit where we talk about all of his earliest movies where he appears in the movies for five minutes or less. But I think Liz still thinks that we don't have to do that, that we have to watch the whole movie. Well, you want to do like a super cut. I guess one thing I would say is if we just watched the five minutes, then we wouldn't have that much to talk about. And as a podcast... So we just do a podcast and we're like Little Miss Sunshine, Lincoln, all of these movies, just zip, 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 zip. We like this one. We don't like this one. We like this one. We don't like this one. Then we'll have less podcasts. But we have so many podcasts. (laughs) This is our 23rd Um, one. If we didn't watch the whole movie, I wouldn't have the movie Gaby in my heart. I know. That's one of these. I don't mind watching the whole movie. I just don't. I don't think we need to do that. I don't want to watch Lincoln. I don't want to watch a lot of the movies that he's in for 30 seconds. What we could do (laughs) is you can watch the whole movie and I can watch 30 seconds and we can see if we rate them differently, like a science project. I guess then I would just be talking to myself about the movie. We don't have to watch any movie you don't want to watch. I still don't think we have to do a whole episode about something that he's only in for 30 seconds. Did you see Little Miss Sunshine? No. Oh, I saw it, and I remember really liking it. I don't remember what it's about. It's a really good movie. I think your life would be just better if you saw the whole movie. It's on a list that says Adam Driver's in it. I'm on IMDb right now. We could watch... We could go full Bombach. There's two Noah Bombach movies we have not watched. And one is called The Myrovitz Stories or something like that. Oh, yeah. I would watch The Myrovitz. Yeah, I would watch that. Should we watch that next? Yeah, let's see. It's not one of the five-minute movies. Yeah, I'm into that. Oh, my God. He's on The Simpsons. He plays Adam Sackler on The Simpsons once. Oh, really? The Myrowitz Stories. Myrowitz. I'm into that also. Oh, my God. He plays Art the Artist on Bob's Burgers. Are you a Bob's Burgers fan? No. My sister says I would like it. It's been recommended to me. I've watched a couple. It was good, but there's like 20 million episodes. Yeah, I don't care for cartoons. (laughs) Oh, the Meyerwood stories, I am excited about that because it's 2017 and it's another movie where he plays Jewish. That was a phone drop. Okay, that'll definitely be our next movie. Okay. And, you know, I'm happy to watch any full movie 
I guess I'll let you know what the times are because unless someone else, another driver fan out there went to the trouble of putting that stuff on YouTube, there's no way we can isolate the scenes from a movie. I'm still, yeah, I'm just still feeling conflicted about how we should run that. I don't mean to be a stickler. I like our mini-sodes. Maybe it's just that my brain is messed up because of the strike. Like maybe I'll be able yeah. to put some clarity and the sun is gonna come out and like it's gonna be warm and you'll be like liz i'll watch any movie you want me to watch the whole thing Mm -hmm. i know what it is i think you're feeling bad because you have watched hoover the whole movie just to see one second of adam driver and i haven't i haven't put that work in we're kind of like adam driver scholars now would you say well yeah i feel like it's kind of part of the scholarship to see the whole movie but I won't force you. Okay. I would never force you for our fun podcast. I think my brain is so cluttered right now. You can't have I'm more having, clutter. I can't. Yeah. You just want maximum efficiency. You want someone to be like, you watch this minute and this minute and then your job is done. And I also that. think that that's a gift we can give to our listeners. Yeah, a super cut. Yeah. So I think that's a project for us. Early Adam Driver super cut. But like to do it, we can start now, like keeping track, but mm-hmm. everything we've done before, we're going to. But I mean, we I kind think... of know where it yeah. is. Yeah. Like in Gaby and. Right. So this supercut, you have not seen it on Reddit or anything. Well, I haven't looked. Again, my brain is, is Don't look. very cluttered right we now. I have no assignments except to watch. Meyerowitz. Meyer... And we're going to learn how to pronounce it. Yeah. Meyerowitz? Owitz? Maybe. Probably Owitz. I know it's yellow. The cover. Oh, maybe. And someday I hope I can gift you with Little Miss Sunshine. I'll think about it. Watch it. (laughs) Ben Stiller is in Meyerowitz stories too. Yeah. And Joel and I just watched Zoolander again the other night Uh instead of watching Don Quixote again. And I was reminded of how much I love that movie. Are you tempted to watch Man of La Mancha, the movie about? the horrible things yeah no it's too much just more indulgence just more self-indulgence on the process of this movie do you think the Meyerowitz story is going to be some kind of repeat of well we're young Mm. same director ben stiller and adam driver yeah and or the christmas movie like a combination of that christmas movie that we watched this is where i leave you yes like a combination of those two yeah, but that had no Ben Stiller or uh, Noah Baumbach. But it was trying to yeah, be. Yeah, but that it was but, trying to be. And he's that. playing Jewish. Okay, yeah. What we could do, I think we could write like a one page op ed, and we would start by laying out our observations about his career to date, some of the things we take exception with, some of the things we think he's exceptional at, and our recommendations as two middle aged mothers about where he should take his career. Are you thinking New York Times right now? Yeah. And our our thesis is you should work with more women directors. Why Adam Driver should work with more women directors. Yeah. I mean, where do you think we're at with like level of degrees? I mean, this is what, episode 23? We're just on the verge of tipping into 1,000 downloads. (gasps) What? A very small number for podcasts, but I think it's significant. Mm -hmm. I'm Mm -hmm. proud of that. Mm -hmm. So 23, but there's still a lot to go. Mm -hmm. Are we at like bachelor's degree? Master's? I think we're doing some master's work now. 
You think we're in I our think masters. we've finished our bachelor's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're doing mm-hmm. some like coursework towards our masters. Yeah, and this is where we really dig into the meaty stuff. I felt gross saying that, but now I feel optimistic and excited for the future. I have Do a you? few thesis statements okay. about Adam Driver that I'm but I'm just working towards it. And also gifts we can give to our listeners. So one is the early Adam Driver supercut, and then it could be a compilation of favorite Adam Driver collaborations with women and things that dudes like about Adam Driver if you're a dude, and then stuff that Adam Driver never needs to do again. Okay. I feel like we've mapped out a lot. This podcast has a lot of direction. Also hair tips. It's going strong. Hair tips for everyone. Lash tips. Yeah. I mean, that is a hair tip. Yeah. It's definitely hair. Hair content. <laughs> I hope you have a great uh, rest of your Sunday, mm-hmm. whatever day it is that you're listening to this. We hope that when you listen to this, our children will be back in school and we'll have less cluttered brains and more room for Adam Driver Yeah, we will. Studies. I think there was not very much room. And there was like a lot in the last movie we watched. Admittedly, the movie itself is very cluttered. So that yeah, so it's yeah. it, it's too much. It's cluttered with chairs and drawers piled up in a bonfire. That particularly was ridiculous to me and made me mad. It was obviously glued together. Oh, interesting. And I, that a bonfire, it just wasn't stacked. That didn't bother me at all. How many chairs have to die for Terry <laughs> Gilliam to be happy? Oh, listen to you. <laughs> I'm sorry, Terry. So what I've taken away from this also is Liz just doesn't like Terry Gilliam. Not buying the thing, yeah. And reading a little bit more about him, he did Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Did you? I know. See I don't want to see. No, it's I have yucky. zero interest in it's that. It's icky. It's very man. It's very male. They're very male yeah. movies. I mean, there's a lot of people who are watching that can't relate. So you got to keep that in mind. Think of the women. Think of the women. Okay. Thanks for listening. It's Women's History Month. There you go. We get a whole month. March. Bye bye. Bye. <laughs>